Hey there, this is Alana Terry. You're listening to the Successful Writer Podcast, and I am here with Roland Denzel. How are you, Roland? I'm great. How are you? I'm good. Roland's going to be chatting with us about health and fitness for authors and nutrition. Um, we've basically just kind of, our spheres have just intersected. So I'm super curious to kind of hear about your journey and how you got it started doing what you're doing. Well, um, I've been an author for a long time and in the health and fitness arena. So I've been uh, you know, writing health and fitness books. And my personal history was I was overweight growing up for my first 35 years, to growing up to my first 35 years, uh-huh. <laughs> yo-yo dieting thing. And um, I'm 54 now, 54, I have to do the math. <laughs> but um, so I lost about, about almost 20 years ago, I lost 110 pounds and I've kept it off ever since. And I got just super interested in health and wellness and fitness. And because I was already interested in writing, that's what I decided to write about. And, um, you know, it's been a great journey. But then a few years ago, back, I think probably 2015, I started, you know, working more with writers and authors one off and decided that that was like, I really was passionate about helping my fellow author get healthy and stay healthy because mm-hmm. as you know as an author yourself like we do so much of our time is like stuck behind a keyboard mm-hmm. so you know we're even if we're on a sit stand desk you know we're yeah. still pretty sedentary most of the time so we have our author challenges as far as health and wellness and ergonomics go so I built my uh platform indestructible author to help people just like you and me I love that. What are some of the most common objections? Let's start there because even when you and I were chatting about like, I would love to have you on the podcast, but how can we make this something people <laughs> like not to sound rude, like, but want to listen to, because there are so many people who are like, Oh, I'm going to worry about my health when it impacts my writing, or I'm going to worry about this when I have my first 50 books out, or I just don't have time to worry about it too much. How do you kind of help overcome some of those initial objections that authors have? Well, I am, I mean, one of the, I'm not very extreme. So like, as like a health coach, I'm not one of those, mm-hmm. you have to do keto, you have to right. di- dive into paleo or do this detox or something like that. So I'm kind of not extreme. And one of the benefits of not being extreme is you can build these little habits over time that do not disrupt your life, mm-hmm. but mm-hmm. actually like either add to your life. And in the sense of authors, they can actually make you more efficient with your other parts of your life. So you have more time to write. So that's mm-hmm. one thing that I like to, to tell people is like by sort of making your doing some things to get yourself healthier, you can give yourself more time to write. And if you're doing things right from a health and fitness perspective, your brain should be more clear. So you're going to have more energy, more focus and, um, and more drive to write and get your creativity out into the world. So those yeah. are, I think, some of the, the, the two things right there. That makes a ton of sense, you know, thinking about your brain health, because I know for me, there was back when I was, you know, pumping out a book or two a month and I'm like, I can't slow down. This is what I've got to do. And what helped me to learn to take the time to do the exercise first, there was like really, really crippling carpal tunnel, which I'm sure you've seen in a lot of authors. Mm -hmm. But then there was also this sense of once I realized that taking some time now to take care of my health 
now, like made me more productive now. <laughs> like I wasn't the kind of person who could be like, oh, well, good. If I exercise for an hour a day, that mean I might extend my life by seven years when I'm only in my, you know, at that point in my young thirties and feel fine. So who really cares? <laughs> but realizing that by taking right. care of my health, it made like that day more productive. It made my brain that day more creative. That really helped. That's that's a big one. Like where, you know, if you can, I always ask any of my clients to track things. We have like, you know, in most of my books, I have this thing called a symptom tracker. Mm-hmm. And it's just almost like it's a super simple, like check boxes, you know, like runny nose, watery eyes, uh-huh. trouble uh-huh. breathing, like all, you know, it's all these different things. Um, mental focus. That's why I have one in the, in the book yeah. that I'm writing for authors. I have one. I lean more towards that kind of stuff. Inflammation. So like sometimes you don't realize you have these things until you see a list of these things and you can check it off. Right. right? right. Like we all go to the doctor and there's like this big long list of things that we never check. Right. But if mm-hmm. they had like runny nose, or you go, oh, I do have a runny nose. Right. Yeah. I do get like my eyes do water in the morning. That's, that's weird. Mm-hmm. Never mm-hmm. thought about that. So then what you can do is if, as you track that, and then after you make some changes and then like after like a week or 10 days, you go back through that list and you're like, oh, my, like my eyes water less. That's, that's weird. I hadn't noticed mm-hmm. it before. And now I notice mm-hmm. that it's better. Yeah. I hadn't noticed that I had brain fog before because that was like my normal. Exactly. So now think, wow, things are more clear. Right. Yeah. And boom. So like now you've noticed, now you can connect those two things after just a week of not very much hard work mm-hmm, and suddenly mm-hmm. you're more productive. Suddenly you realize you're yeah. more productive. And by connecting those things like that, you can, um, it's, it's an incentive to keep going. Yeah. And I can see even like feeling like you're a little bit more in control. Like sometimes you wake up and you just feel like, oh, I'm going to have a bad day because you don't have the energy or you're achy or something, but starting to realize, Mm -hmm. yeah, there were certain things that if you can track them and correlate them to some of your behaviors, there are certain things that you do have more control over than you might think. So let's talk about the brain fog, because I'm sure that that's one of the most appealing things for authors. Like if every single one of us could be like twice as focused, you know, imagine how many more books we'd write and how much more creative we would be. So what do you see as some of the things that like contribute to brain fog, like the worst culprits? And what are some of the ways to have a clearer, more focused brain? Um. There's a couple, it comes at us, it comes at us from a couple of different angles. And one of them is we, we can address the stress part of it later. Cause there's a lot okay. of things like stress, yeah. um, poor sleep and things like that. there's a little bit obvious, right? So mm-hmm. it seems like it would be obvious, but I don't like to lead with sleep because, okay. um, it, when I, as soon as I talk about getting more sleep, people unsubscribe, right? <laughs> so like, <clears throat> uh-huh. you're asking them to fundamentally change their lifestyle and no one, right. no one wants to do that. Right. So we can, we can talk about that later. We can talk about how to improve your sleep, not change your sleep or get more sleep, right? Sounds good. And same with stress, you know, same with stress. Mm-hmm. But what a lot of the things that do is a lot of authors, it's more, if you go to a nano, everyone knows what NaNoWriMo is, National yep. Novel Writing Month, right? Mm-hmm. At the start of that, there's always these people that are prepping for it. How do you prep for it? How do you get this going, right? right. What do you do to keep yourself sitting in front of the computer long enough for 1,667 words? Mm-hmm. Well, the biggest one that I see is snacks, can't bowl of candy, <laughs> right? Like, uh-huh. like, right? So make sure you have plenty of soda around and like, there, I'm not like an anti-soda person. Uh-huh. I'm anti 
I'm an anti-sugar in large amounts person. I'm also an anti-reward yourself with food person Mm -hmm. because what happens is it gets you just on this, you know, on this vicious circle of ups and downs with sugar and cravings and things like that. And those can really distract you from writing from the very Mm -hmm. writing you're trying to reward yourself for doing. Mm -hmm. And so you can, it's sort of a self-sabotage type of thing. What are your thoughts on caffeine intake? Are you going to, are you going to caffeine shame us all? (laughs) No, 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 no. I drink drink coffee. So what I'm going to say is that caffeine is not the end of the world, but what happens is if you continue to, it's, it's like, it's like a drug kind of in the sense that Mm -hmm. you build up resistance to it and you have to have more and more and more. So if you continue to do that, there's a certain point where your body, because you, if you have too much caffeine, you get jittery, right? So Mm -hmm, you mm -hmm. get jittery, you you can't fall asleep. Well, those things can still affect you to the same degree, even though the caffeine itself is not helping you Uh focus. Right, right. You lose the focus, despite the fact that you still have all the (laughs) jittery. So yeah, so the, so the, the thought is to, well, I'm going to have more, I need to have more because I have a deadline. I need to have right. more because I need to get those last 500 words. Mm-hmm. But then you can flip yourself over to that tipping point where now you're jittery, right? right. And then like you, you, you get those words out, it's fine, but now you can't sleep or you can't sleep as well as you would have without all mm-hmm. that level of caffeine. So then mm-hmm. you wake up in the morning and you're super tired. So it's again with that vicious circle. Right. So I'd say what is if caffeine works for you, your best it's it is your friend if it works for you Mm -hmm. and you need to treat it with respect which means that you have to manage the level you're having so when you need that friend it's there for you i love that that's so smart for for many for many people that could be like two cups of coffee a day like if i get Mm -hmm. up two cups of coffee a day right and um one day when i have a deadline i'm going to use that a third cup of coffee to get right. me to the deadline. Yeah. But if you then continue to say three cups of coffee and then you get up to four mm-hmm. cups of coffee, the difference between four cups and five cups may not do anything for you except make you jittery and sleep and okay. not give you that extra bit of focus. No, that makes a lot of sense. I like your approach of, you know, because it's really hard for anybody to cut anything out cold turkey, <laughs> you know, but I love this, you mm-hmm. know, being more moderate with it. What are some of the things now that we can, instead of like things to avoid for a clearer brain, what are some of the things that we can add in or do that, that's going to help us have a more focused mind? Fish oil is a good one or, mm-hmm. or eating more fish. So this is mm-hmm. not, not like tuna. Because tuna doesn't have enough fat. It's really the fat that's in the fish oil or in the in the in the fish that has a lot of benefits. You've probably heard of omega threes. Yeah. So mm-hmm. omega threes are a we have omega threes and omega. There's a lot of fats within our body, right. our system, <laughs> but those, the two that we're talking about right now are the omega threes and the omega sixes. Mm-hmm. Omega sixes are everywhere. They're not bad for us, but they're but the balance between the threes and the sixes, when the sixes go up and the threes go down, down too, low, too, too low, it can cause inflammation, which can cause brain fog, which can mm-hmm. cause aches and pains. And, okay. you know, like inflammation, you think of inflammation, right? So inflammation is not just feeling this heat, but it's like an irritation that mm-hmm. can manifest itself in your, in your face. Like, so if you're on the verge of carpal tunnel syndrome, yeah, extra inflammation can can make it worse or can bring it mm-hmm. to the point where, oh, I didn't really feel it before, but now I do. 
So same with bad backs, bad necks, knees, walking, all those types of things. So mm -hmm. you cannot not have omega-6s, but what you can do is you can watch them to bring them down. But you didn't ask about what you can bring down. You asked about what uh -huh. you can bring down. <laughs> so, <us> good news. <laughs> yeah. So if you, if you eat two servings of fatty fish uh -huh. per week, you're really good. That's two servings of salmon. And it's okay to eat the salmon skin. That's extra, that's extra healthy fats. Um, but less fatty fish, like tuna, even though they, mm -hmm. the, the, the companies want you to, technically there are omega-3s in there. Uh -huh. The companies want you to think it's a good source. It's a good source in the sense that the omega-3s that are in there are certainly good for you, but there's hardly mm -hmm. any of them in there. Yeah. So yeah. you can't really rely on that. So go ahead and you can eat your tuna. It's a great source of protein. But if you're looking for the omega-3s, you want to have salmon is the most common one. Mm -hmm. You can also get it in stranger fish. The stranger fish right. to, our, to the yeah. Western culture, like mackerel. Mackerel mm -hmm. is a good source. Mm -hmm. like, when's okay. the last time you had mackerel though? I don't right. know that I've ever had um, mackerel, <laughs> but we have lots of salmon. I'm in Alaska. So salmon is our absolute okay. best friend up here. <laughs> Great. Other things. So my father loved herring, like pickled herring, oh, uh -huh. herring, that kind of stuff. Herring is another one. And, but you have to eat a lot of it. And anchovies, like you, it can't just be the anchovies on pizza because right. they are a great source of omega-3s, but you'd have to eat so many anchovies in uh -huh. order to make it worth it. that you So much pizza. <laughs> You're not I telling us to go and eat a lot of pizza. You have responsibility <laughs> to eat extra anchovies on your pizza. Yeah. It. But the bottom line is like, all those little bits help. So if you like anchovies, mm -hmm. it's a great, it's a great, you know, it's a great way to, to get it. And I've, my wife is uh, a fan of anchovies on pizza. I'd never had it mm -hmm. before. I thought it was going to be ridiculous, going to be revolting. <laughs> uh -huh. but it's not. I mean, it's, it's definitely an acquired taste. If you're like, uh -huh. the pineapple and um, right. bacon type of person, like uh -huh. an anchovy pizza might be a little bit. Um, it probably wouldn't go with your, pineapple, your, I'm guessing. <laughs> I wouldn't think so. I wouldn't think so. Neither culturally or that's right, you know, or in any or, other way. Or from a taste perspective, yeah, yeah. So omega threes are a great one. And if you don't mm -hmm. like salmon, then you can have, or you don't like fatty fish, you can have fish oil. Mm -hmm. That's a great way to do it. Um, if you cannot have fish for some reason, either you're allergic mm -hmm. or you're a vegan, mm -hmm. you can have. Um, you can't just use flax like flax things, they don't really count. It's a different type of omega-3. Okay. So you would want to look for algae, uh, an algae oil supplement. Interesting. I've never even heard of that. Algae. Okay. Yeah. And some, some vegetarians are not, there's also, there's one you can get from called from krill oil. You know what krill is? It's the stuff that whales. Right. Right. Whale, mm -hmm. right? Biggest animal in the world. It's the littlest. Things. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But they can make omega-3 oil out of krill as well. Uh -huh. And it's a pretty sustainable way to go. Um, so if you're not adverse to that, so that's like if you, but that counts as a shellfish. So if you have a shellfish allergy, oh, okay. not that. Mm -hmm. You have a fish allergy, not the same. <laughs> then you're going to be on yeah. the algae oil arena. Yeah. Okay. What about from your own author journey? Were you writing books before you went on your weight loss journey? Or did that come after? I wrote a novel before I was on my weight loss journey, but I'm going to call it my practice novel. Okay. Yeah, because it's, you know, like those characters are still with me. <laughs> I know, those characters are still with me and they're waking their way into my, my current novels. Oh, fun. But it was not, yeah, I actually went through it back then. I went through it. Uh -huh. I went through an old, I have an old hard drive. 
I pulled it up, mm-hmm. I saw it. I'm like, oh, but the story's pretty good. But like, I there was head hopping, all sorts of things. I know, do, I like, know. <laughs> you know. But I just didn't know, right? Like, exactly. so before that, I had just written a bunch of short stories, and short stories okay. are so much simpler. Uh-huh. And, uh-huh. you know, less dialogue or like one person's, two people's dialogues. There wasn't a lot of head hopping. Yeah. So, um, yeah. And then, yeah. So that was really my, I, you know, I wrote science fiction stories and things like that, but ne- not mm-hmm. really writing to publish at that point. And a bunch but, of screenplays that never got published. Oh, that's really fun. Up, yeah. yeah. Well, I'm really curious if you can compare kind of your before, during, and after as you got healthier. How did you see that impact your writing energy, your creative stamina? How did it, hopefully it improved your your ability to write. And I would love to hear some of the details of that. Yeah, it really did. Like there were so many times when well, everyone gets, I mean, I'm not one of those people that doesn't believe in writer's block because right? I've had Same. it and I understand what people say. <laughs> yeah. There's no such thing as writer's block. You just have to sit there and do it. Well, but you can mm-hmm. just sit there and not have to do it. So there's yep. techniques to get through it. So yep. I used to have it and I also used mm-hmm. to have the brain fog. Yeah. And I would just like, I really want to write this story. I have like, here's the tagline for the story I want to write. Here's the Mm -hmm. character. And I would just like, ah, where do I start? So that was a big one that really helped, Mm -hmm. um, helped me just getting that. But then you mentioned carpal tunnel syndrome. I had carpal tunnel syndrome as well. And it was before I was writing all these books, I was in, I worked for a a printing and I was a printing and publishing consultant. Oh, uh uh-huh. And there's a lot of typing involved, like at, at customer sites, emailing, documenting things, blogging, like all those mm-hmm. types of things that I did for that company. Mm-hmm. That was a lot of typing as well. And carpal tunnel syndrome was like a big deal. And it really yeah. sort of sidelined me for a while. So, but I did notice that there were some big changes. Um, and also things like my back got better, the more, mm-hmm. you know, as the healthier I got, my back got better. So I could didn't have a bad, bad back, but Mm -hmm. just, you know, sitting there for a long period of time, I would get up and I'd be like kind of hunched over like an old man, even though Uh at the time I was only like in my thirties. I'd be like, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there were some big changes there. And then as I, I was really like super into like not hardcore fitness, but like really like Mm -hmm. hit it hard, right. That kind of stuff. And when I first started out and I toned things down more because mm-hmm. I, I, I enjoy exercise, but I don't mm-hmm. love it. Like my, I, I do okay. not identify as like, I'm not like one of those people that fitness is the forefront of my life. Right. Health is uh-huh. right? health is, and there's lots of ways to be healthy without like doing CrossFit or mm-hmm. Olympic weightlifting exactly. or being like a hard, you know, intermittent fast. I mean, I do like intermittent fasting, but mm-hmm. like, I don't, you don't have to be keto or I all those be. types of things or, yeah. or hardcore paleo in order to be healthy. Mm-hmm. You just have to have a collection of good habits and systems that you've built over time. Yeah, no, that's great. And I think that's going to be really encouraging for people to hear. Cause again, I think the biggest objection is going to be, well, I don't want to slow down my writing to focus on something that just might help me, you know, 10 or 20 or 30 years from now, but when you can see, yeah, it can help you right now. But what if you could spend a half, what if you could spend a half an hour or a couple hours on Sunday and get four hours, like two hours on Sunday gives you four hours more writing time, right? Right. Those are the kinds of things we're talking about or the same amount of writing time. You can end up writing more words. Yeah. What are some of the 
I mean, I know that fitness is really nice because it doesn't have to be one size fits all. But for somebody listening who still hasn't found any kind of exercise that they like, what do you see are some of the the types of exercise that many writers tends to do well with? Hmm. So the first thing I'm always, it's like a cliche, but Uh the more walking you can do, the better, the more walking you can do, the better. Like Mm -hmm. if you're already doing an average of 10,000 steps a day, so like 70,000 steps a week, you don't really Mm -hmm. need to walk more. Right. But then that's when you can look at walking more often. So even Mm -hmm. though you don't like Mm -hmm. the quest, there's this quest for more steps, more steps, more steps, but there's like a diminishing return after a certain point, you want Uh to get a regular amount of steps, but the more you can break up your day with tiny little walks, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. the better you're going to be in a variety in a t- so many ways. Not only is it going to make your body feel better because the longer you stay, I'm going to, well, for people who are, let's see, I'm cupping my, I'm doing my hand like an L. You know what, you know <laughs> yeah. what your body looks like when you're in a chair, right? Your yeah, back yeah, kinda, and then you curve yep, your uh-huh. hips and then your knees go down. Yep. So you're like, a, you know, you're that shape. So if you stay in that shape for, even if you're in like the world's best ergonomic chair, you're Mm -hmm. still locked in that shape for an hour, two hours, three hours, four hours, right? Mm -hmm. The the science of ergonomics is designed to keep us in a position that's comfortable enough for a long enough period of time so we can do more work. Well, that's not Mm -hmm. the, that might be sound like the ideal thing, but it's not the ideal thing for our body. And in the long run, that's going to bring us down. That's going to make us right Mm -hmm fewer words. Mm-hmm. So if you've ever been, you've done a writing NaNoWriMo again, right? Uh-huh. I got to get these words out. I got to get these words out. So you right. might sit longer. I can't get up and take a break. I'm going to yeah. hold in my pee. I'm uh-huh. going to not go get a drink of water, like yeah. whatever. I'm going to sit there. I'm just going to keep knocking it out. I'm going to keep knocking it out. Then you get up and then you're like, oh, I'm, I feel like I'm still in the shape of a chair, right? <laughs> yeah. And it takes uh-huh. you like walking to the bathroom and back a couple of times or walking to the mm-hmm. kitchen and back. And then when you sit down in that chair again, you're like, oh, okay, I'm back in that position. Well, that's because your <laughs> tissues have firmed, firmed up on one side and they've loosened up on the other. So you mm-hmm. are sort of locked in that position. And over time, that triggers your body to accept that position as the position right. that it's going to be in for a significant mm-hmm. amount of time. And it's hard to get out of that. And what happens is then it's when you do want to be active, when you are done and you want to go play with your kids, or you want to go play with your dog, then that's when you bend down to tie your shoe. Right. And it's a different position for you. And you're like, oh, uh, my back. Can't unfold right? yourself yeah. afterwards. Yeah. 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 And then, and then like, not to be too scary, but then like, that's when your back hurts. And then like when your back hurts, it's really hard to write. Mm-hmm. It is. It's really yeah. hard to write. When, you, when your hands hurt, even though mm-hmm. you can do all the movements, it's yeah. really hard to write because even if you think you can write through it, your brain is wasting, mm-hmm. I call them like CPU cycles, right? It's, you know, to use computer terminology. Oh, it's okay. wasting these CPU cycles on doing something it's like a it's like an application that's running crazy and slowing your right. computer down it's slowing, mm-hmm. but it's but you are the computer yeah you are the computer because it's wasting time managing this pain mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah so are you a big fan of stand-up desks like if you could would you convince every single writer to have a stand-up desk or what are some of your best ergonomic tips for people if i could i would convince everybody to have a sit-stand desk 
Okay. Right? Mm -hmm. So the difference between a sit-stand desk and a stand-up desk is the sit-stand desk can go up and down. So you can mm -hmm. use it for sitting and for standing mm -hmm. or ideally in the places in between, right? So like you mm -hmm. can have a, like I've, I'm, I'm on a standing sit-stand desk right now and I can lower it down, sit on a regular chair. I can, mm -hmm. I have an, I have, I have a couple of chairs in here that I've just collected, but one of them is a stool, like one of those leaning stools. Mm -hmm. So I can lower it sort of halfway and I can be on uh -huh. this leaning stool. Right. Right. So that's different. So there's no ideal position for the human body mm -hmm. because the human body is not meant to be in one position for a long period of time. Mm -hmm. But so what you can do is find a variety of positions, sit, sit differently, stand, stand differently, okay. you know, in between and like mix these things up and then change them up periodically. You don't have to mm. change them up in the period, in the, in the middle of your writing session. Like <laughs> yeah. Disruptive. Uh, right. But when you take a natural break or you switch projects or mm -hmm. when you switch from writing your book to, to checking your emails or mm -hmm. going on social media, that's often a good time to, to switch between sitting and standing and or change your chair out or yeah. something like that. No, yeah. that makes sense. Well, and even yeah. when but, I teach but, productivity for authors, there's a sense of like, sometimes it's really nice to be like, do your first draft over here and then come over to this place mm -hmm. to do your admin work. So you get that mental separation. And the way you're talking about, you could do yeah. that even without moving, <laughs> you know, you just change the level yeah. of your desk or your, your posture or something. Yeah. So for many years, I didn't have a stand desk, but we mm -hmm. lived in a condominium that had the, per for me, I'm uh -huh. six, two. So mm -hmm. we had, for me, we had a kitchen counter that mm -hmm. was the perfect height for my laptop. Uh -huh. So I could put the laptop on there. Boom. And then over there, I had the kitchen table because I didn't have my own uh -huh. office. I, yeah. We had a small, a small condo. Mm -hmm. So I would use the kitchen table. And like, I was the only one home. My wife was at, she has a studio down the street. So like I would mm -hmm. be the only one home. Yeah. My kids were off at school and stuff. So I could work the kitchen table undisturbed when I wanted to change. I would pick up my laptop and move it over to the, mm -hmm. the countertop. It's like a bar style yeah. counter yeah. and would do that. Well, then over time I found that I really liked that. So I found a way to raise up my monitor, my laptop. So uh -huh. now it was more high eye level. So like right. I'm no longer looking down. Uh -huh. Right. Uh -huh. So that was an addition. Then I added a better Bluetooth keyboard instead right. of a USB keyboard. So now I can seamlessly switch back and forth between these things, between yeah. these different positions. Um, my wife, she's five one. Uh-huh. Five two, if you ask her. And <laughs> if you she's too she's not tall enough the countertop was too tall right like by, uh -huh. by a lot right uh -huh. so what she would do is she would she could use the same table but she's also extremely mobile and flexible mm -hmm. and she can actually squat down at a little table and write oh wow right? <laughs> so yeah uh-huh. You've seen people like, you know, pictures of people like in Japan or China yeah. and they're like sitting uh -huh. there like squatting down on the ground yeah. working stuff. My that's my wife. She can do that. And so she could get sit at a desk mm -hmm. or a table, mm -hmm. sit on the floor. And then we had this little, she would take a little box and she could go in um our kitchen, uh -huh. which is sort of facing the counter from the other side. Mm -hmm. So we didn't mm -hmm. do it off at the same time because then it's like one of those, staring at each other. Things, <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, uh -huh. but she had to have this little box or a couple, or a couple of cookbooks, put them down, and then it's mm -hmm. the perfect height, and she would do that. So okay. these are great ways 
to even see, to get, you could get started today because you don't right. have to make a big investment to get started with a sit-stand desk. Right. You just have That's to find something mm-hmm. within your house, apartment, condo, work environment, yeah. school or whatever, that you can get to the right height to do sit-stand desks. See if you like it. And that's when you can decide, oh, it, I, I've seen some improvement here. Mm-hmm. It's worth an investment. Yeah. I remember I was at the 20 books conference in Vegas several years ago and I had a free afternoon and I wanted to get some writing. And so I actually ended up setting up the hotel ironing board and turned that into the stand-up <laughs> desk. And, and same thing, it was the right height. So I had my keyboard on the ironing board and I think I like raised my laptop up on their big phone book and it worked out great. That's so, great. Yeah. I, like I've collected little things over the years, so like I can show you, but like so I have like this little Bluetooth keyboard, uh-huh, right? Uh-huh. right? And it's nice because it switches. It actually lets me switch between my phone, a tablet, oh, cool. and my mm-hmm. computer, like with mm-hmm. the push of a button. And then I have this portable little device that just folds out and it holds my laptop up at mm-hmm. eye level, you know, mm-hmm. closer to mm-hmm. eye level. So I have this picture when I, I was at 20 books, we, we may have passed each other. Probably. We were there, <laughs> right. But when I would go back to write, I would just, I had this thing set up. I would just, you know, have like a little um, optimized standing desk because the TV thing was tall enough in my room Uh to where Uh all I I had to do is push this thing on and I could use it as a little standing desk. So it it was nice. Well, that's a good segue. I wanted to let our listeners know about one of the services you offer and that's a free ergonomic consult, right? Can you tell us about that? Yeah. Yeah. So like a lot of, people are, they just don't know where to start. Mm-hmm. And um, I do consulting this way, but I can, um, I do free assessment mm-hmm. for people who want to, to check it out. So I do like a little customized program for people if they're, if they're interested where I will, you, we can use zoom mm-hmm. or, you know, whatever sort of video things. And I can sort of find out like what style of writer you are, like, how, you know, how much writing do you do? Mm-hmm. How much other mm-hmm. things do you, you do? Tell right. me a little bit about your lifestyle and all those types of things. And then I get a video of their, of their office. I usually mm-hmm. do a video of my office as well. So we uh-huh. feel some solidarity. Right. So <laughs> they know that, you know, because, because I do not have what you would consider the ideal ergonomic Mm-hmm. office like it's not mm-hmm. like a showroom of an ergonomic office right, right. my wife's on the other hand which she built from scratch to uh-huh. be this way at, you know this last year looks like a like a like a design studio for oh, an ergonomic fun. office yeah but there's so there's so many things in between so I help people and then a lot of times people don't usually come to me just to get an ergonomic setup usually mm-hmm. they have some sort of a problem they have carpal tunnel syndrome right. I'm holding up my hands as if everyone can see so they have <laughs> carpal tunnel syndrome where they mm-hmm. have a bad back. So yeah. there are, as a restorative exercise specialist, I also have the ability to, to create a program that's customized for them. And with which involves stretching, relaxation mm-hmm. techniques, because there's so, like nerve flossing, there's these different things that you can do that can really, um, that are simple that you can do at your desk or in between writing sprints mm-hmm. or, or mm-hmm. sessions that yeah. can have a, a tremendous value on your, on your, on your pain, on your, on your health and on your writing. Yeah, no, that's great. And yeah. how can people get to that? How can they find you to yeah. sign up? If you, yeah. If the easiest way is if you go to my, my website is indestructibleauthor.com. I love that. That's such a cool then, title. 
Yeah. And then you can just go to, there's a, I think it's slash ergonomics, but there's a, there's a row of buttons there in the top or in the menu. And uh, you can just, uh, you can check that out there. Let me uh, make sure I just made, made some changes. I want to make sure that people yeah. can still get there. <laughs> yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. Ergonomics is great. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. Well, I remember between my first and second book, I got carpal tunnel so bad. I basically had to step away from any computering for about six weeks and it was devastating, you know, like, so as a brand new author, for one thing, like I've just reached this dream that I've been dreaming about since I was three years old. And now like, because I'm melodramatic, it feels like I'm never going to be able to type another word again, <laughs> but going through that, you know, it made me realize, okay, I can't treat my body like a, like a completely, um, like renewable resource. Like it's always going to be there. I'm always going to have right. this same amount of energy. I'm always going to be as healthy as I am. And I realized like I need to treat my body <laughs> like a teammate. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not going yeah, to yeah. work my employee to the point where they're like in bed for six weeks. So why would I do that to my wrists? <laughs> you know? And so especially like for anybody listening who's never dealt with that and like, oh, I can sit slouched in my bed, <laughs> you know, and type for four hours. Well, maybe you can right now, but please like, please at least like make everybody listening, whether you've been doing this forever or, or not, like if you can make one positive change that's going to increase your longevity your creativity for people listening who are really really young who have never dealt with any of this just trust me like it's easier to not go through carpal tunnel like it's easier to prevent it than to try to work through it you know same thing eye strain back and neck issues um don't take it for granted so yeah, yeah. well before we sign off well, what's one oh, thing, go ahead please i was gonna say like one of the biggest pushbacks I get or uh, at least or feel right yeah. when I talk to people about making changes is so somebody imagine you're an author and you're making good you're writing you're, you're writing okay mm -hmm. and but you're starting to feel these pains right mm -hmm. or you're so you're writing a couple thousand words a day and you're starting yeah. to feel these pains and you come to me and you ask for advice and I give you some and you're like I can't do that because it's going to I'm not going to be able to write those 2000 words per day because I need to make mm -hmm. these changes. Right. Yeah. And I'm in this groove. I have this perfect desk. I have this, you know, I yeah. have these things, I have these rhythms. Mm -hmm. um, I'm not asking you to change those things right now because all of the changes that I would suggest to you can happen during your non-writing time. Oh, nice. Right? Uh -huh. so, right. So how much emailing do you do? Right. You can change that. That's the time to, to train, to, mm. to work on your sit stand desk habits. Right, right. Right. You can like, if you feel like, oh, my creative brain turns off when I stand up, fine. Keep sitting down for that. But mm -hmm. do you really need to be, have your creative brain turned on when you're scrolling Facebook? No, right. you can stand up for that and you can use it there. You can answer emails from a standing position, probably right. not a problem. And it's right. And it's the same thing when I talk about the Pomodoro, like when I suggest mm -hmm. people the Pomodoro, they're like, oh, I would never going to do that because I'm not going to interrupt my writing yeah. right in the middle when that little bing, little bing uh -huh. goes off, right? But you don't have to, you can practice with the Pomodoro during emails. You can practice yeah. with the Pomodoro during putting your taxes together, like whatever, like mm -hmm. all these different things mm -hmm. that you don't care about. In fact, I call this thing the reverse Pomodoro 
where I say, take the things that you want to limit, like your social media time. Right, right. And say, I'm going to do a Pomodoro, which is 25 mm-hmm. minutes, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to do one Pomodoro of Facebook. Yeah. And then when that thing bangs, oh, I'm done. done. No more Facebook, right? So like mm-hmm. you can you can actually train yourself to use like this Pomodoro and any yeah. healthy habit like this by sort of reversing it and saving, because you can always adjust your writing time later. Right. No, that makes a ton of sense. I started Pomodoro after I got back to writing between book one and two with that really bad carpal tunnel. And I was really, really nervous. Like, no, when I'm in the groove, nothing's going to pull me out of that groove, (laughs) you know? And, but I, I knew I had to do it so that I could stretch my wrists and give my wrists a break. And I Mm -hmm. found like from day one, like it worked for me from day one, I found that by doing shorter sprints, knowing that there was just even a small five minute break coming, like it increased my stamina from day one. And so I was sold (laughs) from probably like sprint number two. I was like, okay, I'm always going to be doing this. (laughs) But yeah, I love starting with the non writing piece because you're right. We're we're so protective of the systems that we've already come up with that help us feel in the flow and to help us do our stuff. And we don't want to mess up with that. You know, we don't want to give up our coffee when we're starting the morning with our first draft (laughs) or things like that. But yeah, for some of the other things that don't require that amount of, of focus. I think that's perfect. One more question for you before we close up, what recommendations would you give? Let's say that there's an author listening, who's pretty active, pretty healthy, like is feeling pretty good. They pay some attention to ergonomics. Like what's one thing that someone in that kind of situation could add or do or change that would improve their life even more, would you say? Like a device, like a tool? Anything, any tip, hack. Yeah. Um, I would say finding a way, it's it's really finding a way to move more often, Mm -hmm. I think is the biggest, biggest one. We have, the culture tells us to move more, right? Mm -hmm. And moving more is fine, like we talked about before. But moving more often is a big is a big thing. It has so many benefits. Coincidentally, the studies that they did on moving more often also line up pretty well with the Pomodoro. So let let me give you an example. They did some studies of people in administrative assistance in an office, and they said they put them into three categories. Save your filing and mail delivery till the end of the end of your shift or whatever. Mm-hmm. The other one was every 30 minutes, go spend five minutes walking around and doing that stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. And then the, la- the last group was spend at 30 minutes working and then do five minutes of exercise. Okay. And what they found was the two groups that broke it up by 30 minutes, mm-hmm. their blood sugar was 20% lower. Wow. Their insulin resistance went, you know, was, was improved by 20% mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and they started to lose weight even with no other changes. Also in a, in a related study by a different group, by doing this 30 minutes of getting up and moving around 30 minutes or 25 minutes and five minutes, 25, uh-huh. five, um, they were able to, people were uh, able to think more clearly when they came back down. It took a period of adjustment. 
you know, mm -hmm. of doing mm -hmm. this for a while. Mm -hmm. But then when they sat back down, they were able to think more clearly, get more work done. And just once they got in the habit of doing this, they were able to produce a lot more work and able to focus on single tasks longer. A lot of us either, you know, either have ADD or self-diagnosed mm -hmm. ADD, like very, very few adults are ADHD. Mm -hmm. I don't see a lot of hyper people, but mm -hmm. we do have a tendency to, to not focus very clearly. Mm -hmm. And whether it's a true diagnosis or not, whether right. you have ADD or not, or whether you're just distracted like I yeah. am, right? Mm -hmm. You can improve your focus by allowing yourself to be single tasking for just that 25 to 35 mm -hmm. minutes, 25 to 30 minutes, giving yourself a tiny little break. Because if I give myself a, like a, a long break, I say I'm going to work for two hours. Uh -huh. well, two hours is a long time to not check your email. Two hours yeah. is a long time to not pick up your phone and check to see if you had a text message. A lot of stuff can happen in two hours. But we can tell ourselves that the world is not going to come to an end in the next 30 minutes. So therefore mm -hmm, I can give mm -hmm. myself permission to not do it. And that yeah. giving yourself permission is a huge part in increasing your productivity. Yeah. Well, and I know when I'm faced with and your health. long, yeah, when I'm faced with a long chunk of time, it's also easier to procrastinate because I'm like, okay, well, I need to, I need to pace myself. Like back when um, we have three kids and they're like 12 to 16. So they're older now, but back when they were quite a bit younger in my day, involved quite a bit more like hands-on parenting, but I was still writing. My husband took them for like a day-long uh, field trip with their homeschool group. And I was so excited because I was going to get like 14 hours like with the house all to myself. It was the very first time like in my life I'd had that much alone time, <laughs> I think. But what I found was like, I probably didn't start my writing day to like 10 in the morning. Like I'd been up for three or four hours by then because I was like, well, there's, you know, I've got all day, but when, you know, you've just got, okay, I've got this, you know, hour of time. I've got this 30 minute pocket of time. It helps you to, it, it does help you to focus because that's, that's all that you're doing. So fabulous. Well, yes, thank you so yeah. much. There's so many, there's so many stories of authors who have like, they, they wrote their first five or six, 10 books, like at their lunch hours or before mm -hmm. work. And then when they went full time, they really struggled to write because yeah. they had all day to write. So mm -hmm. what they had to do was they had to figure out a way to sort of artificially create that, exactly those deadlines and work environments and the mm -hmm. not, not a deadline like a, the long term deadline, but the like right. oh, I only have an hour to write because I have these other things scheduled. Yeah. Right? So using mm -hmm. a calendar and scheduling things and thinking about it more as a as a work thing, yeah, um, can really help. Can really Absolutely. Help. Absolutely. Well, thanks again. It was fun chatting with you. It was fun for me to switch gears from talking just about the marketing side to, yeah, helping people see how important it is to take care of yourself for your mental clarity, for your longevity, and really for your just creative health as well. So thanks again. That was and, a lot of fun. Thank you for yeah. having me. So if anybody wants to check out the indestructible author, did I get that right? indestructibleauthor.com fabulous and if you want to go to in, if you're interested in the ergonomics specifically indestructibleauthor.com slash ergonomics and the books that you have for authors when do you expect those to be out is there a date yet um i think probably i'm, I'm editing the the author brain which is the one that's more on like mental focus writer's block yeah. inflammation and all that, that sounds I'm editing awesome. that now so i'm hoping with hoping within the next month or so it should be oh, fabulous it should be ready to go Great. Well, thanks again for yeah. taking time to chat with us today.